telling you that I was perfect, I've been a work in progress ever since. But the Lord radically saved my life. I experienced the love of Christ, and I, and I experienced the power of forgiveness for the first time ever. And it was beautiful. And that experience has carried me all the way through. Because I remember that day. I remember that day that I came to church. I remember that day that I had nothing, absolutely nothing to offer God. I had no future. I had no purpose. And the Lord adopted me as a son. And ever since then, the Lord has been my father, my heavenly father. But to provide some context, I've been in ministry for over 20 plus years, 25 years. Um, you know, I have the blessing of when I married uh, my, my wife, we've been married for over 22 years. We have two beautiful children. But when I married my wife, she, I married into the ministry because her, her dad's a pastor. And so, you know, as, as, the, as, my, as my father-in-law, guess what? As a son-in-law, I got to wear so many cool hats. I got to wear the hat of the usher. I got to wear the hat of the youth leader. I got to wear the hat of the person that fills in, you know, for preaching on a Sunday, all in Spanish. Now, guys, I don't, I didn't, I don't speak very good Spanish, but I was in a Spanish church for 22, 25 years plus. And, uh, you know, I got a lot to do a lot of cool things. So, you know, I say all that because when, when the Lord called me to be a pastor in 2019, you would think I had all this crazy experience. You would think that, man, I knew what to do, and I didn't. I learned the most in these last five years than I ever did in all the years of working in ministry. And I say all that to tell you that if you're waiting to do what God has called you to do until you're ready, Guess what? You'll never be ready. You'll never be ready. So, you know, there's there's some truth in that. Right now, my, my wife and I, we are in the next phase. We're in the, in the other phase of parenting. My, uh, my oldest, who is 16, and my youngest, my son, who is 12. So I have, I have a daughter and a son. Um, when we started the ministry in 2019, we started Mercy Hill, my, my daughter didn't know a thing about, you know, worship, about playing an instrument. And I, I just told her, hey, guess what, Annabelle? You're going to be our, our pianist. And sure enough, that, that, that very first Sunday, I think she was just playing, you know, the, the notes of the song. You know, the, the, the basic, just not even chords, just the note. And now she's, she's playing beautifully in our worship team. Um, my wife, you know, she... she Let's, she, uh, she never led. She was never a worship leader, but she always sang backup. And uh, guess what? The Lord promoted her to worship leader. So, you know, uh, she's, she's leading worship. I, my daughter's playing the keys. And my son, he's right there supporting us all the way. I think he's, uh, he's about ready to be on, uh, using the PowerPoint. So the whole family's involved in ministry. Man. The whole family's doing it. Amen? Um, but, uh, you know, Looking back at all that, looking back at, you know, my family and where the Lord has brought us to and looking back at all those things, you know, even going a little bit further back when our kids were, were young, you know, babies, toddlers, and all those different phases, you know, there's, there's this thing that I, I always do from time to time. I, I, I tell my wife, I wish I could do it all again. I wish I could do it all over. You know, and if I could do it all again, I would change this. You guys ever been in a situation like that and thought of that? Like, man, if I could redo life, I would do this again, or I would do that again. Maybe it could be anything. Maybe you wish you were more patient, or you wish, um, you know, you you didn't overthink things or overanalyze or over, you know, do anything, right? And, and now that I'm a bit older, I realize that if I would have changed anything in my life, I would have changed my perception. Because I would have enjoyed the moments I had with my kids instead of being all stressed out. I remember those very first years as a young parent, trying to navigate the holidays, Thanksgiving, right? You got, you got the car seat, you got the, the, the diaper bag, you got all these things, and you're, and you're worried about you know, the baby, and you're worried about you know, all these different things. Who's holding my baby? You know, who's sick? Right, you worry about all these things, 
now, years later, I'm like, man, I should have just chilled out. I should have just enjoyed that moment. You know, but here's the thing. At that time, I wasn't able to know what I know now. There's just, there's just no way, right? I had to go through that rough patch. I had to go through that season to, to say, I know what I would do now. I know what I would do different. See, as, as, as a church, we are approaching five years as a church. And the same is true for my ministry. And it's also true for me as a person. I mean, even yourself, if you look back five years, you're probably thinking, now I am not the same person I was five years ago. Um, and, and, and I say all this because, you know, as, as we started Mercy Hill, we're, you know, we're like, think we're brainstorming, like, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? How are we going to reach the lost? And, you know, we, we just started trying a bunch of different things. Uh, at one point, we, we went to the, the park, and, and I remember I had this idea of uh, getting this, uh, you know, if you've seen them, like, there's a little rollout mat that has a little little putter and a little golf ball, and, and what I did is I bought one of those things, and I literally put it out there at the park, and People were walking by. I said, I bet you can't make that that uh, you know little golf ball into the hole. But if you do, guess what? I have a five dollar gift card for you. And I remember I just started telling people as they were walking by, hey, you know, come come do this, you know, and, and just trying different things, right? Trying to reach out to the community, uh, doing different things like that. And guess what? I don't know if it was super effective, but we had a great time. <laughs> we had a great time out there, amen. And so you know, uh, all those things that we did and that we're still doing today, man, we're out there, we're experimenting and we're trying different things. And, you know, and here's what I've learned. There's no sure way to do what God has called you to do. And what I mean by that is we're going to have to figure it out. We're going to have to learn. We're going to have to get our feet wet. We're going to have to figure out how do we navigate our life, our church, and what God has called us to do. Now, this, this evening, if you feel like I'm talking to a teenager, it's because I am. You know, I found out if I tell, like I bring my son sometimes and I try to explain my message to him, and if he doesn't understand it, chances are my church is not going to understand it. So, <laughs> so you know, um, I, I like to keep things pretty simple. But anyways, I want to get to the message this evening, and I want to ask you a question. Have you ever gone through a wilderness? Everybody has gone through a wilderness, or is going through a wilderness, and you're probably thinking, what is a wilderness? And I want to get to that today. If you're familiar with the book of Exodus, God chose a man by the name of Moses, to lead out his people out of Egypt, right? They were in slavery. They were in bondage, right? And we know the story. Out of Egypt, they went through the wilderness before entering the promised land, which is referred to as the place of rest, right? The promised land. Tonight, I want to talk about that place called the wilderness, also called the place of preparation. All of us, at one point or another, have spent some time in the wilderness. Now, it's that, in, in case you're wondering what I'm talking about, it's like this. It's not where you used to be, right? Let's take Egypt, for example, right? You're not in bondage anymore, so it's not where you used to be. But it's also not where you want to be, right? You're not in the promise. You're not resting. It's that place in the middle. You're not in bondage anymore, but yet you haven't arrived. It's that place right in the middle. All of us at one point or another have spent some time in this place in the middle where it's not where you used to be, but it's not where you want to be. If you feel like that today, I want to give you some, I'm going to give some news to you. Chances are that you're probably in a wilderness. 
men in the Bible like Moses, like John the Baptist, like Elisha, Jesus, David, and Paul all spent time in a wilderness at some point in their life. Leaving slavery and entering rest, those are things that we love. We want to be delivered. We want to be set free. We want the promises and the blessings of God. But the wilderness, it's not favored, right? It's not something, it's not a place we want to be. But I want to tell you this, this evening that the wilderness, in case you're wondering, is a place of preparation. God is preparing you today for what he wants you to do in the future. God knew Moses and his people, check this out, God knew Moses and his people, he knew that leaving Egypt as slaves, they weren't ready to enter the promised land right away. They could have. They could have went directly into the promised land, but guess what? They were not ready. How so? They had a slave type of mentality. They, had, they, they were not trained for war. They weren't ready. See, when, you, when, you're, when you're coming out of slavery, you're not ready to, to, to have the conquest, to go out there and take the land. You're not ready for that. You, you know, if they had gone directly into the promised land, guess what? They would have encountered so many barbaric tribes in the land, they would have either been destroyed or they would have ran back to Egypt. Or if they would have took the shortest route along the Mediterranean Sea, the, the route that is frequently uh, used by the Egyptian military, they could have seen the armies of Egypt and they could have ran back in fear. Here's my point today. They were not ready to enter the place that God had for them, but it doesn't mean that they were excluded from it. Sometimes we make the mistake that God's no is God's rejection. And that's not true. Many times when God says no, it's because we're being prepared for what he has for us in the future. But on, but on the contrary, even though God says no to you today, I want to tell you this. I want to encourage you with this. God only wants the very best for your life. Right? And the wilderness serves as a place of preparation for it. See, God wants to give you the very best that he has for your life. Make no mistake about that. But also understand that the wilderness is not a place for you to be discouraged, even though we are sometimes. It's not a place for you to say, God doesn't love me. God is rejecting me. Look at everybody else and look at how I'm living. It's not a place to internalize. It's a place for us to look to what God is preparing us for in the future. Sometimes the truth is we're not ready for the next place God wants to take us to. And so we must pause at times and ask the question, Lord, what do you want me to learn right now? What are you trying to teach me? What do you want to show me? Because, see, many times we're so focused on me, we're so in, we internalize so much that we forget to ask the question, Lord, what are you trying to teach me in this season? Now, don't get me wrong. God could have annihilated all their obstacles. He could have done that. He could have, with a blink of an eye, he could have taken care of all their problems, just like he can do with yours. However, God took them through a process to build their faith. See, when you're in a wilderness, when you're in a place of preparation, God is building your faith. 1 Peter 1.6 says this. It says, So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Through your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remain, remains strong through many trials, 
it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Yeah. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? It said, Peter says here, listen, cheer up. Listen, don't, don't focus on all the negative right now because there's a wonderful joy ahead. Be encouraged in that tonight. No matter what you're going through, no matter where you are in life, if you feel like things are against you, if you feel discouraged, I want to encourage you in this. The Word of God says that there is a wonderful joy ahead. You can take that to the bank. You can cash it because God said it. There's a wonderful joy ahead for your life. Okay, yeah. you can believe that. You can change the whole trajectory of your life. If you feel like nothing is going right for you, you can grab a hold of this promise and you can declare it. There is a wonderful joy ahead of my life. It, isn't that interesting? God can destroy all our problems. He can remove them. He can make them go away, but many times he walks with us through it so that our faith is built up Amen. for the joy ahead. Paul said it like this in uh, Colossians 2, 6 and 7. He says, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. What is Paul saying here? He's saying that just as you received Christ, in other words, you <coughs> received the gift. You've opened up the present. You've took it out, and you're like, wow, this is for me. Yes, it's for you. Even though you received it, okay, but be rooted. Be rooted. Be built up. In other words, don't just focus on all the material things or the blessings be rooted. Take the time to establish yourself in Christ. Take the time to build up your faith because it's important. Now, I've entitled this message called The Truths We Learn Only in the Wilderness. And it's based on Deuteronomy chapter 8. Okay? And we're going to, that's where we're going to stay for the rest of our time. And, and the reason why I picked Deuteronomy chapter 8 is because in this time, they, you know, God's people, they've been in the wilderness for many years. And Moses in this chapter is taking a look back. He's looking back at all the experiences. He's looking back at all the lessons learned. And he's writing them down for his people to say, look, these are the lessons we've learned. And I want to tell you this evening, there are themes, there are truths, there's a way that you're going to know God only through a wilderness. You're, you can't learn, you can't really know a certain aspect of God's love until you've been through the wilderness. And, and I will explain later. In the wilderness, we will learn who we really are. Okay, that's my first point today. In the wilderness, we will learn who we really are. In Deuteronomy uh, chapter 8, verse 2, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2, it says this. It says, remember how the Lord, your God, led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commandments. Those moments when I feel like I'm being tested, they're, what, they're, what they're meant to do is they're meant to surface up those issues that I don't want people to see. Sometimes this revelation of who we really are can leave us feeling discouraged. But God does this to show us that we need more of him. See, God wants us to have real faith tonight. When we go through the wilderness, it brings out the realness in us. 
See, it, it's kind of easy to hold your composure and to portray yourself to be a good Christian, which, listen, I'm not criticizing that, but you know what? When, when the heat is on, when someone cuts you off on the freeway, when, you, when your boss is, is giving you a hard week, when things are not going, when you don't get the promotion that you wanted, when, when you get rejected for that position that you applied for, when the relationships at home are stressed and there's, and there's things going on that you can't fix quickly, when all these things happen in our life, they bring out the realness in us. It, it, there's things that surface to the, to the top, and, and we're, sometimes we're, it leaves us discouraged, right? Man, I've been saved all these years, and I can't believe I just said that. Or I can't believe I just thought that. Or I can't believe my relationship is going through these type of problems. I mean, after so many years, right? And, and many times what the wilderness does is it, it brings these issues up to the surface and it reveals that, it reveals an image of us that we don't really want to see, that we don't really want to look at. And it can leave us feeling discouraged. But see, what God wants to do here is he wants us to have a real faith. See, Moses, in verse 2, said, hey, listen, you know, in this time of the wilderness, what it was meant, it was meant to humble you. Now, when you're, feeling, when you're humbled, usually it's because you're embarrassed. Usually it's because you're met with the truth that maybe you didn't really like. Maybe it's because you've been brought to a place in your life that you don't feel very good about. And those times, those times of humbling, those times of testing, Moses is saying that was to prove you. That was to prove your character, to make you stronger, to make you trust God more, make you lean on him more. Amen? And, and even though we're discouraged, see, God wants us to have a real faith. He wants us to be tested because he wants a real faith to come out of us. A faith that has been proven in the wilderness will always make us run to God. And that's what I've seen through my years as a Christian. That what differentiates a Christian from someone who's not so much of a Christian is this. When the hard times hit, the person who has that real faith will run to God. And anything less than that will run away from God. And we see that many times. We see it in our personal life, we see it in our churches, maybe we can see it with our family members. When things get difficult, instead of running to God, many people choose to run away from God. And the difference is that their faith hasn't been tested, hasn't been proven. But if you allow yourself in your wilderness to be proved by God, to be tested by God, if you allow that humility to really change you, I guarantee you, you're going to have a real faith. I guarantee you that it doesn't matter what happens, you're going to be at church on Sunday. It doesn't matter if it's raining outside, you're going to be at church on Sunday. It doesn't matter if there's a wind blowing or, you, or, or you know the neighbor has the cold, you're going to be on church on Sunday because your faith is real, because nothing is going to separate you from having an experience with God. And what God is looking for today is he look, he's looking for people with a real faith. Because the world needs people with a real faith. Right? The faith that transforms lives, the faith that has faith to believe that people can be set free are people that have real faith. People that believe that God can break chains of addiction. Amen? And so God brings us to a place where we must make a decision to serve him, even when it's hard to. Even when we are discouraged, because it's in those moments when we decide to run to him that our faith is being made stronger. And so if you're taking notes today, the one of the truths we learn in the wilderness, the first one is we learn who we really are, and that's a good thing. We need to do that. We need to go through that time. The second thing we learn in the wilderness is we learn 
we will need to depend on Jesus for our spiritual food. Verse 3 says, And he humbled you and let you hunger. I want to emphasize that phrase. He let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone. But man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Verse 3 here is bringing a very good truth that we're going to learn through the wilderness. God will sometimes let you hunger. Sometimes God will let you hunger, and that's a good thing. Because he's showing you that only he can satisfy. And we will find this in the wilderness. At this point in the wilderness, the people begin to complain about how good Egypt was, how they had their Mosada in Egypt, man. They had their good food over there. They had all these things in the wilderness. And, and they, they were at the point where they were starving and complaining and and, and, and almost, they almost wanted to stone Moses, man. They were like, man, you brought us out here to die. And the wilderness will do that to you. The things that used to satisfy you are not there anymore. Mm. And that's exactly what happened to these people. They didn't have those things that once, once brought comfort into their lives. And, you know, many times... You know, as Christians, we can even be so distracted with all the things that satisfy. Sometimes we'll get, we'll get so distracted, and I don't mean to step on toes today, but we'll, we'll be so distracted with social media. And, and that will be our fulfillment, that will be our go-to, or, or other medias, right? whatever it can be, right? I mean, I don't mean to pick on social media, but it can be anything, right? These things that we go to, it's our pastime. We, we get our fulfillment. Maybe it's binge watching. Maybe it's, you know, whatever it is. Whatever it is. But there's a point in our life where we're like, man, you know what? This just doesn't cut it anymore. It, it just doesn't feed that hunger that I have. And, and as Christians, man, times we get restless. And we're like, man, what is it, man? I don't know. I just don't feel the same anymore. And then many times what we do is something we even focus on, on, on people. Well, it's because, you know, the pastor, he's not feeding me good enough. Or, you know, it's because, you know, uh, you know that church, man, it's because the way they do this or the way they do that. And sometimes, then we can start focusing even on our, on our own family. It's because, you know, my, you know, things ain't what they used to be. But can I encourage you today that maybe perhaps you're not getting your fulfillment from the Lord. Maybe it's because you're being hungry, and it's not those things that are going to satisfy you anymore, but it's going to be the Lord where you're going to get your satisfaction from. See, many times in the wilderness, we will be led to hunger so that we can find fulfillment only in God. Mm. And I'm telling you from experience, I've been there. I've been in the <coughs> wilderness. I've been in times in my life where there was no immediate answer. Where there wasn't a quick prayer that was going to get me out of my situation. And, and I was there and I was like, all right, well, what do I do? I got to turn to the Lord. He has to be who fills my life. He's going to have to be who gets me through the next day, the next week. And see, this is what the wilderness does in our lives. Is it brings us to a place where we hunger for God alone. And only his word satisfies. Only his bread satisfies. It's like it's, a, it's like when you go camping, right? I don't know who goes camping here. I rarely go camping. My wife would prefer to go, you know, stay at a hotel somewhere and just kind of see the, you know, the, do the road trip thing. Uh, <laughs> but, but here's one thing about camping. There's a few times that I've gone. It's cool, right? Because as, you, as you're out there, you're disconnected from, you know, uh, the city, and you can see the stars, and, and then your, your ear starts getting really keen to sounds. Okay, what was that? 
you know, what's that noise? What's this noise? Or, you know? And then you start hearing the crickets and you start hearing all these things. And so, and so like your, 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 your sense of hearing is, is elevated, right? And so that's kind of like what the wilderness does to you, right? This isolation, you know, from the things that once satisfied can get, create some space and you'll find yourself kind of like listening. Lord, what do I need? Okay, now I'm listening. Now listening carefully and the Lord will begin to feed you with his word satisfy you. Amen. There's a song that I love, a worship song that says, I have tasted life, but nothing satisfies like you do. And I love that song, man. I've tasted life. I've tasted all that life has to offer me, but nothing satisfies me like you do. Soon you will discover that nothing satisfies like Jesus. And many times it's in the wilderness where you'll discover that See, the Lord will lead us into the wilderness at times, right? Just like the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness before he began his ministry. So, I want to go to point number three here. In the wilderness, we will learn that God will never leave us. In verse four, it says, Moses then said, your clothes did not wear out on you, and your foot did not swell for these four years. That's amazing. One day walking at Disneyland, I feel like my feet are going to fall off. And I, you know, <laughs> and I got the best shoes, you know, but, you know, they were like walking for 40 years, and their foot never, it never got swollen. Like, I mean, how, how does that happen? But it says that, that their clothes didn't wear out. Now, you know, you, if you know, if you leave something out in the sun, right, if you have a porch or a backyard, let's say you leave one of those plastic chairs, right, what happens after so much time? It becomes brittle, breaks apart, right, because the sun damages, the sun destroys. But Moses saying, listen, man, your clothes, they didn't wear out after 40 years, man. I want to know where they got that uh, that fiber from, right? Imagine having clothes like that. You never have to buy another pair of jeans. You, they'll, 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 they'll be as strong as they were 40 years ago. But Moses was telling them, in these 40 years, your clothing was preserved. In these 40 years, look. Look at your feet. Look at your shoes. Look, look what the Lord has done. Now, you know, um, sometimes... We will go through the wilderness, okay? And then this is a this is an awesome two truth. I love this truth. Sometimes we will go through the wilderness just to discover that God was with you the whole time. You know, it, you know, you look back at that season, at that time, and you realize, wow, I'm still here today. I, I still have. You know, my sanity, my peace of mind. I still have my joy. I still have, you know, my family, my blessing. You know, I still have it. And many times, you know, we go through the wilderness only to discover that God was with you, that God was preserving you. Look, your feet didn't, you know, uh, you know, your shoes didn't wear out. Your, your, your spiritual clothes didn't wear out. You still have joy. You still have peace. You still have comfort. God was with you. He was protecting you. Amen. There, now, there will be times when the problem just doesn't disappear. I'm going to tell you right now. There are going to be times in your life where the problem doesn't go away. Sometimes you're going to pray for something, asking God, just take it away. Just fix it. Just do this. And sometimes it will not be so. It will still be there looking at you in the face every single day. And you're going to have to confront it and, and, and deal with it. But I'm going to tell you this. Many times what God is trying to show you is that he's with you. He's trying to show you that he's with you. He's trying to show you, look, I'm here with you. Look, look at your spiritual clothes. I'm, I'm here to take care of you. I'm here to guide you through it. There's a worship song that we sing called, I belong to Jesus. And the, the, the words say, you are with me. You will never forsake me. I belong to Jesus. 
When we understand that Jesus is everything and heaven is about being with him in his presence for eternity, then there is nothing more valuable than knowing that God is with me and that he will sustain me. Amen? There's the fourth truth that we learn in the wilderness. In the wilderness, we will learn that God corrects those he loves. Verse 5 says, we know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord, your God, disciplines you. See, God loves us too much to stay the way that we are. Many times we are brought into a wilderness so that we can learn some valuable lessons, truths that will prepare us for the things ahead. In the wilderness, we will understand the love of God like no other time. And adversity strengthens relationships when the two remain committed to it. Likewise, when our relationship with God, the more that we endure, the stronger we become when you're going through a wilderness. In the wilderness, we'll understand the love of God. Amen? Like no other time. You know, when, when we have a decision to either stick it out or run away in the wilderness, we will be proved, we'll be strengthened to stay committed to the Lord. Now, when we're in a place of preparation today, and I, I kind of want to bring my message to a close this evening by talking about when we're in this place of preparation. When we're in a wilderness, there are two ways that we can respond. We can either react or we can respond. Now, a reaction is a decision in the moment. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really speaking from experience today. I can't tell you how many times that I've reacted to my wilderness. I've reacted to it. I want to explain this. A reaction is a decision in the moment. It's sometimes seen as retaliation or defensive language. It's that, um, it's that email that you regret sending <laughs> when you were really upset. Mm. Yeah, you guys have probably never been there before. I, I have. <laughs> but man, I was in the flesh that day. I was upset. I shouldn't have said what I said. Right then, it's a, it's a reaction. Or you say something to your wife or your husband in the moment you, you, you reacted. Or you say something to someone, someone that you love, but in the moment you were upset and you reacted. How many times has reactions gotten us in a lot of trouble? We're honest. <laughs> yeah. A lot. Right. Yeah. Hey, I'm preaching to myself. I, I don't care. It's the truth. It's the truth. <laughs> Sometimes reactions have gotten us into a lot of trouble. You know, it's uh, you know, it's those words that you spoke out in anger in the moment, right? It's that conclusion that you jumped to. How many, how many of us have jumped to a conclusion? Like we, you know, we didn't even get the full story. We just heard someone said something, and you're all over it. Then you're like, I knew it all along. They were gonna backstab me, and they're like, whoa, 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 they're not even talking about that. They're talking about their pet dog. They're talking about something. You know, you're just, you're just hearing the other side of the conversation, right? Just hearing what the person saying on the phone. Oh, I can't wait till I get a note from COVID, man. You know, you're jumping to conclusions. How many times we jump to conclusions because we're reacting? We're, you know, we're, we're acting in the moment. And, and many times when we're in the wilderness, many times we're just reacting. Every day we're just, re we wake up and we're just reacting. We're all we're all, you know, uh, you know, wired up. We're all stressed out. We're we're on edge. We're like, you know, everything is bothering us. You know, the, the kids can't tell us anything. The spouse can't say anything to us. We're just we're just walking around angry and upset, always reacting. And many times in a wilderness, that's all we do is we're just reacting. We react. And I want to let you know that when we react. We set ourselves up for the three D's. I hope this makes sense. The first D is disappointment. 
When we react, we set ourselves up for letdown and sadness. We set ourselves up for disappointment, okay, when we react. The second D is dissatisfaction. When we react to situations, it leaves us feeling unsatisfied with the choices and the actions that we've taken. Usually we jump to conclusions, usually we, we say things we shouldn't say, and we're dissatisfied. And that dissatisfaction in our lives many times turns into regret, and now we're walking around feeling regretful for the things that we, we've said and the things that we've done. And the third is disillusioned, right? A loss of trust or a belief in something or someone. Usually when we react, when things don't go the way that we hope for, many times we react and say, Lord, I thought you said this was mine. I thought you said, you know, you were for me, not against me. And, and many times we, we, we become disillusioned because we're just reacting. And, and we, we even lose trust or belief in the things of God. Because we're like, man, I thought you were with me, Lord. I thought, I thought you and I, we were in this together. And so when we react to the situation, many times we're left feeling disillusioned. But here's the other side of the coin. We can either react today or we can respond. A response is different than a reaction. A response waits patiently for the right time. And it's faithful regardless of the situation. See, when we respond in our time of preparation, we are waiting for what the Lord is trying to show us. And we respond to that. A response requires creativity and is calculated. When there's an issue that arises at home or at work, if I react, most likely I'm going to be fixing three mistakes. Whereas if I respond, I take a step back. I think about what the best approach could be. I think about maybe three different ways I can fix and mitigate the risks. And then I respond. And when I respond, it's calculated. It's creative. It's able to put me in a place where I see the best results in the shortest time. A response weighs out the consequences of each step and considers the most important things. When you respond, you are, you are evaluating, okay, how are my actions gonna affect the lives of, of, of my family, of my children, of my spouse, of my church? of the people who depend on me. Maybe you're in a ministry. Maybe people depend on you to, to be somewhere or to do something. And when you respond, what you do is you weigh out the consequences and you think, Lord, how is this going to affect my life? What good is it going to bring to my life? Are people going to be affected negatively or are they going to be blessed by my decisions? <coughs> a response is grounded in the truth and doesn't allow anything to obscure it. See, when you respond, you are grounded in truth. You, you, you search the scriptures. You're grounded in the word of God. You know what God says in his word about you, about your situation, about your life, and you take all that into consideration before you make your response. And a response first asks, how can I navigate through this situation? When we are in the wilderness, the longer it takes for us to learn how to respond instead of reacting determines how long we'll stay there. And that's the truth. There are some parts of my life where I've been in the wilderness for a long time because I just haven't got it yet. God is trying to teach me something in my life and I keep on reacting to it instead of responding. Some of us haven't learned to control uh, our flesh in certain parts of our lives, and we're still in the same place we were five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Can I get an amen? amen. 
Perhaps that's you. Perhaps you've been reacting to things, and you know, you've been, you know, you've been going through a time of preparation, and, and after this message, you're like, yeah, but I didn't know I was going through wilderness, but now that you mentioned it, I think I am going through wilderness. Hmm. You know, or I, you know, I can relate to that because, you know, I feel like, yeah, I'm not where I used to be, but yet I'm not where I should be. Maybe tonight you're in a wilderness. Maybe tonight. You find, you're finding yourself in that place where you don't know what to do. You don't know where to go next. I want to encourage you today that if you just take a moment tonight to respond and don't react. See, reacting has gotten us into trouble. Reacting has caused us to jump to conclusions and to believe things about God not in God's nature. God wants, like I said, God wants the very best for your life. He wants you to be blessed. And guess what he's doing today? He's preparing you for it. So man, let's, close, let's, let's bow our heads and close our eyes and reverence the Lord as I lead us today in, in this prayer that will encourage you. Perhaps you're here today and you can be honest and say, Pastor, I I've been reacting, man, to my wilderness. The Lord is trying to teach me. The Lord is trying to show me. The Lord is, has been trying to, to lead me in this direction. But you know what? I've just been reacting. I haven't stopped. I haven't stopped to say, Lord, what are you trying to show me? What are you trying to teach me? Lord, what do you want me to learn in this season that I'm in? Lord, it doesn't feel the best. I don't feel like I'm in the best place in my life. I don't feel like, Lord, I have everything that I, that, I, that I desire and wanted. Maybe you're here today and you feel like that. Maybe you're here today and you're thinking, man, you know, I just, I've made so many mistakes. And, and I just don't know where to go from here. I don't know what to do. I want to encourage you today by telling you the Lord wants to prepare you for what he has for you. What he has for you. And if you are even questioning that, well, pastor, how do you know God wants the best for me? Because his word says so. Because the Lord gave his very best. He gave his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross so that you would have the power of salvation, forgiveness for your sins. To not just leave you, but to bring joy into your life, to bring blessing into your life, to bring future, a hope, and purpose into your life. Tonight, listen, I, I'm not going to call anybody out of their seats tonight, but I, I want to make a call. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm tired of reacting. I want to respond. In my season of preparation. Listen, I, Pastor, I've been just confused, not knowing what to do. I want to encourage you tonight. Respond to the Lord by simply saying, Lord, what do you want me to learn in this time? this season of preparation. What do you want me to learn here? I am here and I am listening. If that's you today, I just want to uh, pray for you. Before I do that, I just want you to lift up your hand. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, that's me. Amen. God sees those hands. Amen. Amen. God sees that hand. If there's anybody else today, you say, Pastor, that's me. I, I, I want to I respond tonight to the Lord. Amen. We're going to pray together. The Lord sees that hand. Amen. I believe the Lord is going to take you into a place of clarity tonight. A place where you're not confused. A place where you're not wondering, Lord, where am I? What am I doing? But tonight, I believe you are going to have clarity and you're going to have a new sense of purpose tonight. Amen. What I would like to do tonight is, you know, all of us today, we can just stand to our feet. And those that lifted up your hands, 
God sees your hand and God knows your situation. And God is going to touch you tonight. He's going to give you a sense of purpose because tonight we're choosing to respond in our wilderness. Amen? Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. And church, what I want you to do is as I pray for you tonight, I just want you to agree with me. Amen. As we pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for every person tonight that lifted up their hand, God, in obedience to your word, Lord, to what you, my God, has called them to, Father. And in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray, God, that right now there would be a, a burden lifted up from them, God, that clarity would be brought into their life. That they would know, God, that you have called them, that you have chosen them, Father, for this time in their life, Lord God. For you are with them, God, and you are with them to the very end, and you have nothing but good and blessing and joy for their life, Lord God. And you're going to be with them through every situation, Father. I pray in Jesus' name, God, that we would move away from reacting tonight, God. That we would, Lord, bury that in the ground, God. And that this tonight, we would be a people who respond. A people, Lord God, that say, Lord, what do you want me to know? What are you trying to teach me? What do you want to show me, Lord? I am here. I am listening, God. And I am ready to learn from this wilderness experience, God, from this time of preparation. Tonight, as a church, we respond, God. We respond to your call. We respond to your discipline. We respond to what you want to show us, my Lord. We are here, God. We are your people.